Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Next Level Leaders. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to create more female leaders in the workplace. Today's episode is a guest episode. I'm bringing on Jenna Altman on the podcast today, and we're talking about how to set realistic health and fitness expectations for busy corporate women. And it was important to me to talk about this topic, and I wanted to make sure I had the right guest to share this message because I don't buy into diet culture. I want people to feel healthy and strong in their bodies and that it's not to fit a certain mold. It was important to me to hold off on any type of an episode about making sure that we are setting those health and fitness expectations in our busy corporate lives running from meeting to meeting, back to back, not sure when to fit in that next meal or snack. And Jenna has been doing this for years and years and has so much great advice to share with me in this episode. I know you're going to love it. So let's jump in. All right, everyone, we have Jenna Altman here with us today. Welcome Jenna to the podcast. So excited. It's a great topic and I think something that your listeners will really find probably more applicable than they thought. So I'm hoping that they can walk away with some things that they can actually implement. Yes, absolutely. And as the backstory, I usually share how I am introduced to my podcast guests. And this one is unique because Jenna and I are part of a podcast growth program And I was able to meet her through that and absolutely loved hearing about her journey and everything that she has to offer. I don't have an episode or haven't really talked about health and fitness and how that relates to you, you know, everything that gets put on the back burner, which is such an important thing for us to incorporate into our daily lives and, you know, find that right harmony. I usually say instead of balance. I've been waiting for the right guest, and I knew as soon as I got introduced to Jenna that she would be the perfect one to be talking about this today. Well, Jenna, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you, and then I'll jump into some questions. Yeah, so I'll try and keep it brief, but I'm a women's health and fitness coach. I have probably been exactly where you are at. I was once in the busy corporate world, not for too long of a period of time before I started my own business and pursued the coaching route, but I was really struggling at that time with confidence and body image. And honestly, it's something I still struggle with. I don't think that that's something that you ever, you know, get over. It's something that you learn to manage and understand its fluctuations. But especially when I was working in the corporate world, I was always trying all of the quick fixes. I just wanted something that was easy, something that I could see myself doing forever. Probably not, but at least something that for me, my sole focus was, well, how do I get as skinny as possible? That's what I was trying to do at all times. And so that looked like a lot of beach body programs or Herbalife, if you guys have heard of that. I also cut out carbs. And a lot of this came from me listening to diet culture and a lot of the societal expectations that I was putting on myself and the body that I should be having or should be wearing. And at some point, I learned that it just wasn't worth the mental headspace that it was taking up. So I learned how to actually work with my body and not against it anymore. And I found a healthy lifestyle that works for me, which is one of the biggest components of 
health and fitness is finding something that works for you. So I'm hoping today's episode will allow you to walk away with at least something that you can implement to get on your way with that healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. That's so great. And I know for me in my own health journey, I remember when I was at my absolute smallest, I look back on that and I'm like, I don't ever want to be that person because I knew when I was coming into the workplace and honestly, I got a small refrigerator for me and my coworkers so we wouldn't have to leave our desks as often so that we could just be plugged in and we weren't eating the healthiest of foods. But because it was one less trip that I had to get up out of my chair, and that also obviously is not as healthy, but I recognize I was kind of starving myself. And you know, when I look back at those pictures, I don't look at it and be like, ooh, I wish I was small again. I'm actually grateful I'm not because I can recognize how much healthier I am now. But you're right. That diet culture absolutely leans into that like smallest figure possible. And I'm hoping we can continue to see change there. Yes, that's exactly the message that I've been pushing for so long. And thankfully, there are a lot of other coaches out there who are pushing this similar message. But there is still a lot of, you know, you hear this all the time. People are like, oh, I want to weigh what I weighed in college. And it's like, you are a grown woman. Like, your body changes. And that's okay. We should appreciate and respect that. And instead of fighting for that smaller physique or that younger physique that we had, like how can we now become the healthiest version of ourselves? That can happen at any age. It's not discriminatory to, oh, I was in my 20s and I was so healthy and so skinny. Like that is not the equivalent of a healthy human. And in fact, you probably were not very healthy in your 20s. (laughs) Right, exactly. And living such a different lifestyle, right? Well, Jenna, I'd love for you to start walking us through your own health and fitness journey. You mentioned you were kind of living that busy corporate lifestyle for a little bit. How has this impacted for your own health and fitness journey? Yeah, so I just to dive a little bit deeper into it. One of the biggest things that I struggled with was, like I said, that feeling of confidence and feeling comfortable in my skin. And one of the things that took up so much of my time and my headspace was worrying about food and thinking about food. And a lot of that came from the fact that I grew up in an Italian family. We like always focused on food, but it was something where it turned from like my love of food to like, well, how do I limit the amount of food I'm eating? How can I distract myself? How can I, when I'm in the office, how can I avoid the cupcakes? How can I say no to things? Or how can I miss happy hour, right? It was always like this sort of headspace and my head would be spinning for like hours every day about this stuff. And I think it was really challenging in the workplace because, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate to this, that a lot of people in the workplace do not prioritize their health and fitness. So to be the person, I was actually the person who was focused on these things. And I would often get comments and remarks from other coworkers like, oh, you're so disciplined. Like you show up all the time for you know, your workout before you come into the office, like I could never do that. Or how do you always bring a salad with you? Which by the way, all these habits I was doing was not healthy. Like you should not only be eating salads. And I was just being reinforced these behaviors. And I actually came from the other side of it where I was just unhealthy, unhealthily obsessed with health and fitness and couldn't find a balance that felt good to me without me sacrificing, you know, 
coming in or staying late at work because I wanted to leave early to prioritize my health when that was not something that was being demonstrated in the office at all. So I think I have a really interesting perspective of how to like be that person to step outside of what everybody else is doing and do what you need to do. But on the other hand, like also recognizing that there is a healthy line and boundary with all of this as well. Just like being a workaholic, you can also be, you know, super obsessed with your health and fitness in an unhealthy way. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I just as you're talking, I'm like replaying all of those scenarios in my head when I worked in a physical office. And there were several places that I worked that had gym access on site and it was rarely ever in use. And if it was, there were those comments. It was almost like counterintuitive to the culture that the companies were trying to essentially was that it looked like some people would look down on you if you were, you know, taking a break from work to go prioritize your fitness and not realizing that you as a whole person needs to be able to show up as your best self in the workplace. And then taking that, you know, 30 minutes or so to hop on a treadmill or to lift some weights on a break is actually really a good thing. I think there's a big part of the corporate world that's missing some of that. It's not simply providing a gym, it's changing that culture because it sounds like what you're sharing in your experience is that you kind of felt like you were different or not accepted, you know, like the odd person out for prioritizing this thing that you knew was so important, which is very interesting. And I'd love for you to kind of lean into this topic of the all or nothing mentality and how it affects women specifically in the workplace. Yeah. So I think before we dive into that, I just want to talk about something that came to my head was this concept of like how we measure success, right? Like success to a lot of people looks like how much money you're earning and your job title, right? Can it look like a healthy lifestyle or, you know, prioritizing time for yourself, prioritizing time for your family? How can we get it to be more of like, a? am picturing like a pie chart. How can it instead of be like 50-50 split, like how can we start to allocate some of our own resources to these other areas of life that bring us so much fulfillment and success? But unfortunately, society tells us that success is making more money and moving up in your job, right? That's something that we get pushed all the time. Um, and for example, like me starting my own business and pursuing something I'm so passionate about and absolutely love doing is not well received by my parents, right? They're like, you left a job where you were making good money and had a good job title to pursue this, like, and all of the things that come along with this that makes me so happy are completely irrelevant to them, right? And it's like, wow, that is crazy to think about because hello, over here, I'm a much happier person, much more pleasant to be around than when I was at that job, but I'm not making as much money or I don't have the security of a corporate job. And it's just so interesting to think on that side of things. So I wanted to add that to, to what we were talking about. But coming back to your question of all or nothing thinking, and I think that we all struggle with this to a certain degree, and it can be almost in those opposite senses like we were talking about. So you can be somebody who like, you know, is all in or all out, and that can be on both sides of the spectrum. So you can be somebody like I was talking about, like I was so hyper-focused with things that I had to like if I wasn't giving 100%, then like what was the point? Or you could be somebody who's maybe on the other side of things who's like always at that zero and is like, I don't even know where to start. Like, is it worth it? The good news is that there is a neutral place that you can find. And that's what we really do talk about at Harvest Coaching, which is my coaching company of helping people find that healthy lifestyle for themselves. And so when we think about this concept of all or nothing thinking, 
something that we can kind of utilize as an example. If you're somebody who struggles with labeling foods as good or bad, that's usually a sign of all or nothing thinking. If you catch yourself in these moments where you're like, oh, well, I can't get to the gym, you know, six days this week, so why even go at all? right? Okay. That's all or nothing thinking as well. Or maybe you just have this perfectionist mentality. And I know that the women listening to this are overachiever, successful women. You might feel like if you can't hit perfection, then why bother at all in any sort of health regimen? So want to clear that at the air because I think that that will help people kind of picture maybe where they're falling in terms of this. But this leads me to what is coined in research. Basically, all or nothing thinking is termed dichotomous thinking. And this is where we think in binary opposition. So basically when we have things that are like good versus bad, black or white, healthy or unhealthy, right? We do this in every area of our lives. And the reason is because it helps us as humans classify things. We love to put things in categories and for things to make sense and to rationalize things. And so this is why we do this. There's nothing wrong with us. This is just giving us almost like a roadmap or like rules for us to follow. And that requires less effort on our part, right? Because now we have these rules that are in place. So if a food is good or bad, that's just a rule. That's how I make my decision. It's much easier to make a decision from that perspective. But the problem with this, and this is really what the research shows, is that this can lead to more restrictive eating and or restraint. So again, if you're somebody who is going into the office and you're like, okay, I'm putting those cupcakes or, you know, they bring donuts into the office. I'm putting those donuts on the, no, I can't eat these, bad food, shouldn't eat this. And then the counter-regulatory response is that you want that. <laughs> and so you lean into that and you're struggling with this restrictive eating and this restraint because you cannot have it. And so that's the mentality that we're dealing with here. Another thing that we see often is how, and you, this will probably relate to a lot of people too, maybe you have a small scenario where you go off track, right? If you fall off the wagon and it's something like really tiny. So let's use an example in your day. So say you decide to, you know, have a muffin at breakfast, but that's kind of like in your book, maybe like not a healthy food. And so then when it gets to lunchtime, you're like, okay, well, what's the point? I already you know, sabotage my day by eating that muffin. And so why not just sabotage the rest of my day, right? So it's kind of like that total abandonment of the diet and lifestyle. And then the last component that we see in terms of research is higher actual BMI. So this is one of the biggest predictors of weight regain is this concept of all or nothing thinking. So Think about the cycle that we've all been through, right? You go through this hamster wheel of losing weight, gaining the weight back, losing weight, gaining the weight back. And that's because you're operating from this all or nothing mindset. So does that kind of answer that question or at least give us a little bit of insight into what that is? Absolutely. And I definitely do a lot of those things. And it's something to lean into because I know it's something that I'm struggling with. I'm right there with what you're saying of, those societal norms of, you know, if I'm doing well in my career and all of those things and I'm making good money and therefore I'm successful. But then I, you know, at the end of the day when I'm exhausted and I'm reflecting and I'm thinking, well, when did I last eat? Because I'm on a lot of back-to-back -back calls during the day. Do I eat during a call? Do I not? I always have to have my video on and connect with these people who I'm working with. So what does that look like? And I'm trying to find time to even remember to schedule in 
something like a 30-minute lunch. And then when that happens, I'm standing in my fridge thinking, okay, what can I eat? And I relate so strongly to that dichotomous thinking that you are mentioning that I think for many of us, we don't quite understand what is good or bad or understanding what it's going to do for our bodies, what is healthy for me, where I'm at in my lifestyle. So maybe we can lean into that a little bit next from the kind of all or nothing I very much relate to where I'm like, okay, I didn't even eat breakfast over lunch. I'm going to eat this huge serving of something that probably or maybe isn't as great for me. Um, Having the time to even think, you know, I'm go, go, go. So where would you point someone in that kind of next direction of they're in that all or nothing thinking they're so busy throughout their day that they don't really have time to think about some of these things? Where would you go next? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that it is very relevant to a lot of busy professional women. And honestly, there's no way to add time into our day, right? That's not an option, but there are ways to better prepare yourself. So when you were walking through the example of, you know, setting aside the 30 minutes for lunch, but then getting to the fridge and realizing that there's nothing in there, that's where meal prepping can come into play, right? And so making sure that you have something to eat. I do not open the fridge and go, what am I eating? Like there are always things that are ready to be heated up. And I also have a busy schedule, right? So that's one of the things that we've really emphasized with our coaching program is just making sure. And it doesn't have to be like, I think people think meal prep has to be this like extensive process. And it's like, my meal prep consists of like 30 minutes a week. Like it literally can be so simple, so straightforward. We don't have to make complex, fancy meals, just looking for more balanced meals. So how can we incorporate, you know, a protein with that meal that's going to make us feel satiated and full? How can we incorporate some veggies with that meal that's going to help us get our nutrients in, Um, some carbs for energy and some fats to help us feel full as well? So thinking about it in that lens, I think that's a really great strategy to kind of combat that perspective of like, I get to the fridge, now what? Another thing that I really, and I've worked with so many busy women, all of the women I work with are extremely career driven. And one thing that we focus on is, like you said, scheduling the lunch in, scheduling workouts in. Because if you have an appointment for anything else, for any other meeting, I know that you will not miss that meeting. But how come when it comes to ourselves and doing something for ourselves, even if it's 20 or 30 minutes, we are so quick to just take it off the calendar and not show up for ourselves. And what that does and what that tells ourselves is that we have no belief in ourselves. We have this promise that we made to ourselves that now we are breaking. Like, think about that and think about how many times we do that. How many times we promise ourselves, okay, I'm going to get a workout in today. Okay, I'm going to you know, prep my lunch. Okay, I'm going to do these things, but we never follow through. Like, no wonder why you're in this, you're stuck in this hole, right? It's really discouraging because you have now proven to yourself that you are not capable of doing this. But the good news is it can work the opposite way. So every time that you prove yourself that you can do this and you follow through on a commitment that you promised yourself, you are building a part of self-efficacy for yourself. So this belief that you are capable of doing. And the more times and reps that you do of that, the more that we will replace that opposite thinking. So that can be very helpful for people when we are trying to, like, if you think of it like, wow, this is a promise that I made to myself. Like, that's serious. Like, that's a big deal. 
okay, now honor that. So that's kind of one of the things that we talk a lot about is self-efficacy and just how we need to make that time and honor that time for ourselves so we start to feel good about our decisions. Yes, I love everything about what you're saying, Jenna, and you're right. It's people who are these busy women who have a lot going on and are trying to find all of the time for these different things throughout the day. I live by my calendar, and if it's something like even scheduling time with my friends, it goes on my calendar so I don't forget because sometimes I'm probably a little bit overwhelmed with maybe too much on my plate that I'm like, okay, I look at my calendar and that's what I know I'm going to be doing for my day. So you're right. It's such a big point to schedule those things out. I think it's important to think of reframing how we're thinking of our days being quote unquote packed or filling it in in advance with the things that we are also going to do for ourselves as a benefit because just as we plan and prepare and do all of these things for our customers, our clients, or whatever that is for our day, if we're not doing that for ourselves, which I think was so important that you touched on, like we're at the bottom of our priority list every single day and that gets really draining. I think that often leads to burnout and leads to all of these other things. And I think it's important to communicate and have open communication with the people you work with to let them know this is important for me. It's family. I let my team members know that something that's important to me is my family time. So from about four o'clock PM to at least 8.30 or so, I'm going to be mostly offline and unavailable because I want to be present with my kids. Outside of that, I'm absolutely looking at my computer or available to chat with people all day, but it's that time to schedule in and figure out what would make sense for me to start prioritizing, right? The time to actually eat my meals and have a moment to take that in as well and being able to schedule times around for a little walk. I know for me, something that because I have my treadmill that's sitting right here, it's one of those things that goes under my desk and I have a desk that raises and I made it so that it was much easier for me to do those small actions because I'm very much all or nothing thinking. So I've read a couple of books more recently like The Atomic Habits and The Compound Effect and they have really helped me realize that I've got to get out of that all or nothing thinking because I do that exact same thing where if I don't walk on my treadmill for you know, at least 30 minutes a day, I'm like, well, I might as well throw it out because I didn't do it several days in a row. Or if I skipped a day, I feel like I'm not making that progress or heading in that right direction. But having it here is one step and then continuing to build those healthy habits. Any thoughts there? I know that it was a lot that I just shared. No, that's excellent. So a couple of things that you touched on is one boundaries, right? Setting up some boundaries in terms of the workplace. And and maybe you are known as the person who leaves for a workout at 530. Like that was me. People knew that I went to the gym before I came into work or would go for a class afterwards. And you can become that person. You just have to set up those boundaries and honor those boundaries. Because every time you break those boundaries, that lessens the belief and the like, legitimacy of the boundaries to other people. They're like, okay, she's going to let her guard down. Okay, she's not going to follow through on that boundary. So people are not going to respect and honor your boundaries if you keep breaking them. So that's a really big thing. (laughs) The other component that you talked about and something that I think is absolutely beautiful that you shared is this concept of 
starting small and we can go into all kinds of habit building, you know, things, which I know you've mentioned Atomic Habits, which is one of my absolute favorite books and where I get a lot of my strategies for helping clients build new habits. But the concept here is like, start small. Like, where do we have the most minimal barrier to entry, the less amount of traction as possible for you to jump into this new habit, for you to start this thing? And instead of thinking of things on a complete 180, how about we just think about 45 degrees, right? Like, how can we make a small, tiny change and stick with that before we add something else on, which is exactly what we do with our one-on-one clients. It's one thing at a time. And we don't add something on until they are ready for the next thing. And I need them to be 100% confident that they're ready for that. If there's even an ounce of like, I don't know, this week's a little crazy, then no, we're not adding anything on. We're going to stick with what you're doing. You're going to navigate that part of life, that season with what you already have established. And then we'll add on when you have more capacity for that. So it's really letting go of like, again, the all or nothing thinking, but also this expectation that everything needs to be done right this moment. You have your entire life to live a healthy lifestyle. You've got lots of things to be working on. I always have things that can be added on. And I've been in this profession and been focusing on this for 12 years. Like I, 12 years, person that's part personal, part professional. So six years professionally, you know, six years kind of dabbling in my own efforts. But that has evolved over time for me. And so what I focus on now is much different than what I focused on before, but it's constantly a journey that's evolving over time. What would be your advice or next steps for these people who are kind of struggling? Like I know you talked about that minimal entry barrier, which I love as well. How do we, I guess, maybe that's leaning into a little bit of the mindset because when I first started hearing about, oh, simply put on your gym clothes, you know, do that for several days a week. For me, as I do lean towards that perfectionist, if I start going to the gym, you better believe I'm going to do every single day of the week or get in at least five workouts for that week. So I've had to really focus and change how I'm thinking. So I'm not holding myself to this way higher standard of comparing myself starting to someone else's, you know, I look at people at the gym classes who are lifting such heavier weights than me. And again, I go back to, wow, why should I even be here? So can you walk us through maybe a little bit of the mindset that you work with your clients to get them from that low minimum barrier to entry and getting them a little bit more consistent? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, and this goes with pretty much anything mindset related, if it's something, you know, you're trying to improve in your work, if it's something you're trying to improve in terms of your healthy lifestyle, awareness is the first component of anything. So the more awareness that we create, so Nicole, all of this awareness that you've brought to your journey today is going to lead you to success because first we need to identify the discrepancy, right? We have to identify where maybe our head is at and where are those thoughts even coming from? Where did we start believing that we needed to, you know, be a certain size or look a certain way or, you know, do a certain type of exercise or be in the gym six days a week or only eat healthy foods? Like, where did we learn that? And is that a belief that we truly believe in ourselves? Or is that something that we've adopted from somebody else? Because a lot of the time when we dig into our own thoughts, they're not our own thoughts. They literally belong to somebody else, but we just held on to them because they're things we've been told our entire lives. 
And so that's the first step is that awareness. And that is going to propel you forward. It's going to help you decide where to head next. And the fact that you're even listening to this conversation has already created awareness in your brain. And that's the cool part about the brain is now you're going to start to almost bring those subconscious thoughts to light and you'll start to notice them throughout your day to day when they pop up. Okay. So that's the first step, right? Just creating that awareness. And then I have a lot of different kind of strategies that we can go into, but I think a few of my favorites, and this is going to be more of like mindset. Also, this is a tactic that's used in therapy, right? So cognitive behavioral therapy uses this kind of uh, framework, I think is the correct term for it. So basically, we have a thought that's coming up and it might be, I can't eat these donuts, okay? So then we're going to dive into what's the evidence for this belief? So like what actual things say that I can't eat this donut? Which you'll be surprised, there's not a lot of evidence to back that up. What's the evidence against that thought? What's actually a more accurate description of this thought? So like really in reality, okay, so we start with the evidence for this. Okay, I can't eat this donut because donuts are bad for me. The evidence against this. Well, I can have donuts in moderation. Okay, now what's the more accurate description of it? So to kind of like finding a happy middle between those two things. And then what will we do instead, right? So what's the, what is the decision from that, okay? So there's a lot of like in the moment thinking, which can be challenging, but the more awareness you create, the more you'll be able to kind of tap into these sorts of things. The other thing that I love to think about, and I have some other tools and strategies, of course, but another one that's more of like, the mindset side of things would be tuning into neutrality. Instead of looking at things as good or bad, why can't we find that that neutral place, right? So if you believe that you're in control of your decisions and everything that you assign meaning to, then how come it has to be good or bad or right or wrong, right? Why can't it just be a choice that you decided to make and we take that like pressure off of that, right? And it's like, okay, this is a neutral decision. Me choosing to eat this donut in the break room after lunch has nothing to do with who I am as a person. We like put such big emphasis on these things and like can really throw us off mentally. So that's the next component is seeking neutrality. So hopefully those are some like tangible things that people can do. Again, it's the first component of awareness, bringing those thoughts to the subconscious light. And then from there, you can use some of these other strategies as well. Yeah. And I so appreciate you going further into this. And it's so helpful to have a conversation of, you know, thinking more deeply than like you're saying, black or white, good or bad. Those thoughts often go through my head. Like I said, when I was at that gym class and thinking, oh, I'm not as good as this person or I'm not as strong. And then I started having to change my frame of reference and say, you know, squats and stuff like that. And these power lifting classes that I've been taking and recognize, okay, I definitely could work on my strength here because I see some other people who are lifting heavier than me. But then we go over to arms or shoulder strength and I'm recognizing, oh, I can actually lift more than some of these other people sometimes as well. So kind of recognizing where I'm at on my own path that I feel like takes a lot of that awareness, that mindset to remember that we can't compare our journey to someone else's if I'm looking at this, you know, woman next to me who's just killing it, I've started to be like, that's amazing. And I can also be like that. And recognizing those things that I can do. If I'm showing up for my first class and it's the end of the month, it's the one time I've made it to the gym. You know, of course, I'm not going to be as strong as I once was because I'm starting off at a different place. And 
who knows, this person next to me may be spending several hours at the gym or preparing for some sort of event that they're, you know, obviously doing so many other things that I'm not seeing. So one thing that you were explaining of that awareness, I feel like when we start with keeping it kind of under the rug, brush it under there, we're not going to think about these things to that next step of awareness. I feel like it does bring up some sort of shame or maybe negative thoughts uh, with some of your clients that you've worked with as far as, okay, now I have the awareness and now I'm feeling even more overwhelmed with this, like all or nothing, because now that I know a little bit more, I have so much information and awareness, but I'm feeling maybe some shame because I know and I'm still not taking action. How have you approached that? That's a great question. And I'm going to speak from the coaching lens because I do have clients who who come to me and share those things. And I think, you know, the first component is maybe they, they're sharing it and it sounds like they feel like guilt and shame around it. Like you're saying like, oh, why am I like this? Why do I do this? Other people, on the other hand, might be excited about it. So whenever I discover something about myself that I'm like, oh my gosh, like whenever I have an epiphany in therapy, And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't like I'm excited about it. There's no shame for me. It's more like, wow, okay, more data for me to collect and to like analyze and interpret and understand why I am the way I am. Right. That's how I view it. But when I have a client who comes to me with that, like and this is the benefit of a coach, right? Like I'm the third party. I'm the third party on this. So when they bring it to me and they're maybe expressing and I can feel it, I can feel it and sense like, oh, they feel like some sort of guilt around, you know, where they're overeating episodes are happening, right? That's one thing that I have clients dive into if that's something they're struggling with is like paying attention to those those things. What's happening? And one girl this week actually shared with me, she's like, I realized it's when I fail at something, when I'm not good at something because I've been really good at things for a good bit of my life. And it's like, okay, this is great. And you know me, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is so great. And I think I put the positive spin on it and just like, you might feel like, okay, but where do I go from here? And it's like, you just got to let that sit, right? You have to let that soak in again. It's going to keep coming up. And as it comes up, you're using that as data, as research and identifying, okay, what was going on during the this situation? Why did I behave this way, right? Why did I make that decision? When we can kind of start to unpack and determine where things are at and why they keep happening, then we start to find the root cause as to why it happens in the first place, right? So that girl realized, okay, so every time, and, and I can use my example too. When I struggled with overeating or stress eating, it was often because I was avoiding something, right? Like, There was something that was on my list or there was something that I needed to do or something that was coming later that day that I didn't want to do. And so that was like, oh, well, this is comforting for me. This is something that is going to distract me from that emotion, right? That's all it ever is. It's never the food's fault. It's never the exercise. It's literally because we're trying to numb other emotions that we just don't let come to the surface. Um, And so anyway, all that to say. It's very helpful to have a third party opinion on those things. And if you have some, if you don't have a coach, if you have somebody that you can share with, like, oh, I'm diving deeper into like where these thoughts kind of come up. I'm feeling a little of shame. Like find a safe space that you can share that with somebody and just allow, you know, tell them I just want you to listen. That's all. And you can kind of determine where to go from there. But there is no guilt and shame to be had over them. That is the natural inclination. But just think of it as data and like a step in the, it's literally, it's a step in the next best direction. That's exactly what it is. I love that so much. That is a motto that I live by one step in the right direction. 
Well, this has been so much fun chatting today, Jenna. I am sure there are going to be people who want to connect with you. I know you recently changed your podcast name to Mindset Metabolism Movement, and I would love for you to share more about that. Yes, this podcast, it's literally my little baby. And so the goal is to help women from a realistic perspective, be able to find a healthy lifestyle that works for them and start working with their body and not against it. So would love for you guys to tune in there. And that's on basically every platform that you listen to podcasts. We can also connect on Instagram at Jenna Ray Altman. R-A-E is actually how you spell the Ray. I'm also now on Pinterest, which I've been loving. And that's actually through my business name. So that's, I know there's a lot of names going on, but I'm sure that'll all be in the show notes. Harvest underscore coaching is my Pinterest name. I'm so excited for people to start reaching out to you and especially binging your podcast. It has such great information. If you have loved what Jenna shared with us here today, we are just scratching the surface of so many things that are so helpful for you. And Jenna goes much more in depth, in detail over on her podcast. So go check it out. Mindset Metabolism Movement. Thanks again, Jenna, for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Nicole. All right. I hope you loved that episode with Jenna. She is a breath of fresh air. I had so much fun interviewing her. And honestly, I love her approach and the way that she talks about her different messaging through her podcast, Mindset Metabolism Movement. Again, things that I am very bought into in regards to health and wellness and doing this for women who are very busy and on the go in this corporate world. Whether you work in the office or at home, I know I work from home, but I still struggle to have that, you know, good balance and making sure that I'm eating healthy things to keep me energetic and motivated and all of the great things to keep me moving right along. Now, one thing I will call out in the episode that maybe you didn't notice, maybe if you are a fan for a while, you may know that I love to, you know, um, interject while someone is talking and maybe there's like a laugh or something here and there. Well, when I went to edit this episode, somehow my audio, when I was changing computers, and I wiped my old one clean, I thought that I had transferred the audio for this episode and something went wrong where I had the audio, but it was only showing me the words in this uh, way that I edit in my editing software. So I didn't have any of the audio. It was really weird. So if any of that felt weird to listen to, it's because I was trying to Speak as if I were talking live with Jenna because it was such a great conversation. But parts of it, when you're reading something back, I don't know if you've ever done this or if you've ever like read anything in public, you read in a different voice than the way you speak. So I tried to get it as good as I could, but I know that maybe some of you who are avid listeners are going to think mm, that sounded a little different than some of her normal episodes that she does. So I didn't love to have to do that, but obviously the information on Jenna's side was so great 
that it was certainly worth re-recording my entire side of the interview. All right, well, go ahead and head over to Jenna's podcast again. It's Mindset, Metabolism, Movement. You are going to want to be hanging out with her if you loved what she shared in her messaging today. I know when I'm going to be working with a coach, Jenna is going to be the first one I reach out to. She's amazing, and I can't wait to see where she continues to grow from here. All right, until next time, we'll see you later.